Thanks for checking out this episode of Business Black Belts. I really appreciate you listening and hope you get some great insights out of today's leader. Let's dive into the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Business Black Belts. I am thrilled today to have my friend and customer, Julie Homan from Land Solutions uh, on the phone. Thank you so much, Julie, for stopping by. Thank you, Miles, for having me. I like to start off with a, an easy question. Uh, as you know, this show is all about kind of getting into your story and how you've gone from white belt or kind of inexperienced and in person who's excited to learn in business to being someone who I consider a black belt in your sales and business growth and um, relational acumen as a business leader. Uh, but before we get into all those questions, we'll start with an easy one. In your own words, if you had to describe yourself, could be personal or professional, how would you describe Julie Holman? Often intense. <laughs> um, I guess I would say uh, uh, blessed overall uh, would be the what comes to mind, although others would probably say often intense. Um, I feel that uh, personally and professionally, uh, it's been you know, I've been doing this, I, I'm nearing 60 years old, and I've been in this profession for uh, 30 plus of those, 35, 36 now. And um, on, on both fronts, it's been a, a very, a very um, terrific experience. And and you're in a pretty intense industry. Uh, I mean, IT support. I, my dad runs an MSP. You're kind of like an emergency room for a bunch of businesses, 24 hours a day. <laughs> yes, fortunately, I'm on the sales and marketing side, but a, a good portion of the folks at Land Solutions, you know, no one ever calls them to say, "How are you? Having a good day?" You know, it's it's usually something's not working right. It can't be fixed fast enough. And uh, why isn't it done yet kind of thing. So uh, absolutely it is. There's a lot of triaging, uh, very similar to an ER room. Um, thank goodness, uh, even though many of our clients do uh, feel that at the end of the day, it is like being in an ER room. Fortunately, no one, uh, no one is physically harmed <laughs> by mm -hmm. things not being fixed. But, you know, absolutely, we play, we play a vital role in the overall success of, of our our clients' businesses, and that's one of our that's one of our mottos and mantras is that you know we aim to help our clients thrive. So uh, you know, in order to do that, we have to be responsive, like you would be in an emergency room. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm curious. You mentioned it's been about 35 years, um, which is longer than I've been alive. So you were uh, doing uh, <laughs> IT and sales, uh, but before I was even in the womb. Um, but uh, I'm curious uh, how it all started. If you kind of go back to the beginning of the journey, maybe like where you went to school, like how did you even get into sales to start with? Yeah, it's very, it's kind of an interesting story. So um, I went to a school uh, back East Northeastern that had a, had a co-op basically type of program and you worked for, um, you know, a good portion of your last, last year. And so I happen to work at a place called Wang Laboratories. Wang Laboratories was a very, very prominent uh, word processor in the day. And um, I went um, into the role in the accounting department. So that's where my degree was. And so um, I was collecting on past dues and making those terrible phone calls, but, but befriended a couple of 
folks in the in the sales team. And then uh, over lunch and so forth, I realized they were driving really fancy Porsches and they were going to Italy and wearing Gucci bags and, and, and they looked like they had a really a pretty cool life. And I and I thought, geez, and I'm really getting beat down and I, you know, calling these people, they're not happy to hear from me about their past due bills. And I'm thinking, how can I get into this gig? Like this looks like it's fun and they were the ones going for lunches with clients and I, I thought that's what I want to do like so I um, weaseled my way into helping them do demos so I, I became very proficient with the uh, application that that the office power or the uh, sorry the Wang power uh, Wang office good golly um, that's mm-hmm. many years ago and so they started asking me if I could come out and do demonstrations for their clients. So I kind of became a pre-sales person. So I, I, I wedged my way into the sales team that way. And then um, when I finished school, I moved out to California. That was back in, in New England. And so when I moved to California, uh, Wang Laboratories had a spinoff and a bunch of the VIPs at Wang went to a place called Computer Consoles, Inc., and my boss was one of those folks. And I said, and he said, will you come over with me? And I was doing pre-sales at that time. And I said, I will come over if you can show me a roadmap for how I can be an outside salesperson, because that's really what I want to do. Because then I got to the point where I felt like I was doing all the hard work, getting the people to buy the tool. This was now called Office Power, and it was a weighing office competitor. Um, and the, again, the sales folks were driving around in the BMWs and Mercedes and so forth and getting to take people out for lunch. So he agreed. And in a matter of a year, I became an outside sales rep at Computer Consoles and um I stayed with them for a number of years, um, and then uh, it was the sort of the creation of the WordPerfect and the PC, basically, where dumb terminals weren't weren't the thing anymore. And so I was. It was the competition on that side of the house was getting pretty pretty stiff, and so um, I was fascinated by that technology as well. And so I started doing some studying on my own and decided I wanted to go to work for somebody that had a that a practice that's that sold those solutions. Um, at the same time, they were bought out, my company was bought out. So uh, it was great timing. And I met, uh, I started interviewing and met a gentleman named Oliver Golnitz on an interview uh, down in San Diego at a company called Land Systems. And so uh, Land Systems was selling these tools that I had been competing with and um, joined Land Systems in 1993 Mm -hmm. and then uh, stayed with Land Systems again in outside sales selling these solutions in 1996. R.R. Donnelly bought land systems and they didn't want to be in the San Diego marketplace anymore. They felt that San Diego, it was a tier two, R.R. Donnelly, $6 billion, uh, vastly diverse company that really wanted to buy land systems, which was an IT consulting company and roll them into their facilities management um, practice. So at any rate, San Diego, we liked working and living and playing. A lot of the folks in San Diego at that time had started young families and so we approached our donnelly primarily oliver but uh 
Greg Glasgow and myself were involved in some of the early decisions and, and discussions and said, hey, listen, you're going to move out of San Diego. You have dozens of legal clients here that are not going to be happy being supported by Los Angeles, out of, out of your Los Angeles office. So uh, would you like us to spin off? We'll take these contracts for you and um, make them happy. And you can, you know, sell us the assets for pennies on the dollar. And they agreed. The clients were thrilled because they thought that we were all moving to Los Angeles or San Francisco. So the people that the, the vast majority of the people that they knew and liked and enjoyed working with and, and had come become comfortable with, we're going to stay in San Diego. So 100% of the clients stayed and Land Solutions was born. Wow. So I, I didn't realize. So the name the names are very similar, but now, so you at this point are a much smaller company. Much smaller. There's There was eight of us to start. So what was that like? Because Wang, from my days at EMC, I know Joe Tucci, the EMC CEO, was a former Wang executive. Wang was a big company. Huge, as was CCI and ICL, and, and those, those organizations were much, much bigger. So when I went over to Land Systems, Land Systems was a national integrator. They were headquartered in New York. So they were they were bigger, but uh, uh, not not as big as the organizations I had come from. So that, that was nicer because I felt like you could really make a difference. You weren't just a number. It wasn't just all about your numbers. You had, you had a voice. Um, so I really enjoyed the downsizing, the downsize. And then of course we, we really downsized and then it was, uh, you know, that was a strap on your boots and, uh, you know, do whatever it takes early on in a, early on in our inland solutions, um, infancy, you know, we had we had the husbands and the kids helping doing rollouts of, of law firm clients um, in the day. So it was a lot of blood, sweat, tears and beers early on and kind of all all hands on deck. And then, uh, you know, we we grew the organization to nearly uh, 50 uh, employees over you know, the last 25, 26 years. And, uh, and then in uh, December of 2021, we merged uh, with a managed services provider up in the Bay Area, end site. And um, so far, that's super exciting. They're about 100 employees. Uh, they've been around for about 20 years. We all share this core values and and we've known these folks for for about 12 to 15 years um and so uh so we're now land solutions powered by insight um not sure what the branding will be like you know down the road but right now our goal is to take um you know two super successful great managed services providers and uh make them even better uh take the best out of both uh, both organizations and meld them very slowly into one, you know, really premier organization. Yeah, awesome. Now I'm curious in MSP sales, I've often heard, you know, it's all about trust. So you're you're not selling so much like you would be in a product business, like look at what our widget can do. You're really selling you can trust me and I'll get the job done because neither of us exactly knows what the job is going to be at any given time. Um so I'm curious from you, how have you learned to sell in such a competitive space? And what advice might you have for someone like me who's up and coming in sales? 
you know, so much of the sales that I've done through my career have really been built on relationships. And as you say, trust is key. Um, you know, I, I, there's a lot about selling in the managed services space that is timing. Um, you know, certainly I think that, and I know this of you, Miles, from, from um, working together for a while, that the keeping in touch, even if there's, you know, not much going on is, is so valuable. Uh, letting, you know, letting them know you care, uh, that sort of thing. I, you know, I, I take a much less um, scientific approach to the selling than others do, I think, because I really have built my career around relationships, doing what I say, saying what I'm do, saying what I do, uh, you know, being, you know, honest and uh, trying to set realistic expectations that that's been yes. successful for me. Now it's a new it's it's a new day and age now with COVID. I can't have the coffees and the lunches and you know get to know about folks' families like I used to in the past and you know see pictures of the kids and the dogs and all that like I like I personally could. So I have had to adjust somewhat to you know this new uh, pandemic world that we've been living in and a lot more teams meetings and zoom meetings and so forth it's a lot harder to develop those uh, relationships slash friendships that way um, but again kind of back to grassroots of you know delivering on what you're promising and and just making sure that you're you know keeping in in touch with prospects uh, even if it's not like i said even if it's nothing there's nothing to really share as far as you know, business to earn, but just, you know, right now we're doing something around, you know, the situation in the Ukraine with, with, with our clients. And I'm sharing some of the best practices with prospects, just, just as a touch. So, you know, we have something in our database called kit, which is keep in touch. And I, I, we focus on that a lot. It's so interesting. You say that one of the things that I've noticed in sales since I started at EMC to today is that we all more than ever in this digital world are craving real relationships and real relationships are not made by asking people to buy like real relationships are made by truly like the cliche what you can give so i've had the exact same experience like reaching out with thoughts like hey we just did this in ukraine what do you think or we you know i just read this book i thought of you on page 36 or things like this like a podcast just relationship building that isn't so transactional uh is within all of our power because we all crave this more than ever mm -hmm. we're just uh oddly sales has so much been about the product and the pricing and the closing for so long that we, that the we've kind of in this new world often thought about golfing and lunches and stuff as this luxury that you you know get to do with a couple people but then there's my real job which is selling and i'm amazed how those are in covid having to come together because there's just not as much in it for the person to get sold uh, very, when they don't get to golf. Yeah, it, yeah. very true. Very true. Uh, I think that, you know, I mean, the yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I feel like that's I'm hopeful that that's going to change here as things um, lighten up. But I still think that uh, on the other hand, uh, you know, folks are less likely to want to 
to sacrifice some of that time now. I think a lot of a lot of you know peers that I know of are are much more content staying home and much happier not you know not having to to maybe accept those sort of meetings and and would rather do things on the on the on the teams and zoom so i think it's going to be i think it's going to be a, a, a little bit of a crawl to get back to where uh you know people will just lunch or or coffee for the sake of doing that in business um so i, I mean we'll see i obviously i don't have a crystal ball i but 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 my hope is it happens sooner than later but i have a funny suspicion that it's going to be slow to return mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what it seems like. So another question I had, I, I've been an entrepreneur for about four years, um, so less than 30, <laughs> um, and uh, a le good deal less. And I've found that motivation uh, does kind of ebb and flow or excitement. Like there's some months where you're like, oh my goodness, this is so fun. And there's some months where it really does feel like you're, like I always like to say, hiking Mount Everest uh, backwards without a jacket on. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. So I tell my wife. So I'm curious for you, you've done this for a long, like you've persisted through recessions, through the tech bubble, through like COVID, like you, you, is that just a DNA trait that you're just tough and persistent or are there strategies that have helped you to weather those valleys in the journey? Yeah, I, I like to think I'm tough and persistent. Um, I, I think that no is okay, uh, as an answer. And so learning to be, I used to say a duck, you know, and sort of let the, let the, um, let the water run off of you, you know, let the, let the negative and, and the nose and, and that sort of just roll right off of you. Don't hold that in. Don't take it personal. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, which is tough, especially for someone who likes to build trust in relationships. So the nose, you know, early in my career really hit home. And so I just really had to learn how to sort of let that roll off and, and, and be persistent. And, it, and you say month to month, I think hour to hour, especially in the MSP business, I feel as if, you know, I can speak to somebody and they can't stop raving and how can I give you references and you're the best thing since pockets. And then I'll, you know, the next person that uh, is, is emailing or calling me is saying, you need to fix this now or we're going to go look for somebody else. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that, um, you know, it, it's, we don't even have the leisure of a month. Uh, um, you know, it's, it's really daily that, that there's the ups and downs. So I think just, you know, uh, focusing on the positive um, aspects of it and, you know, trying not and trying to, you know, trying to keep your chin up and not, the negative pieces of it pull you down let the, let the positives outweigh the negatives and, and i think it, you're so right about that analogy i i've never heard that exact one but i i have found that taking things personally is the fastest way to wear yourself out um because sometimes someone's having a bad day for a reason that has nothing to do with you right um sometimes you're gonna have situations like a i mean the tech bubble i can't even imagine in uh at the turn of the century 
being in the IT world. Like that, that's not easy. And, uh, and I think the more you realize that, like you said, like a duck, you can't control if it's raining on you, but you're not going to let it, uh, affect you. Uh, I'm gonna have to get myself a little duck for my desk. Yeah. That's like a really, that's a really good analogy. Um, yeah. so another, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No. And I was going to say, you know, speaking of the tech bubble, that was, that was, you know, obviously land solutions was brand new and, you know, and so one of the things that we had to learn early on was don't try to be all things to all people. It was, it was so tempting to jump on to the dot com and, you know, that, that whole thing. And we just had to stay really true to our core competencies and, and our uh, best practices and not, and try to stay very focused. That was, I think, probably one of the biggest aha moments for us early on, because we were all, you know, trying to, trying to, you know, keep our heads above water and so that was very there were very there were a lot of temptations along the way to try out new things and go in different directions but we stayed true to the course and and I think that that would that has also you know been been um something that I do both in my personal and professional life and you made a great point about values it feels like the more I read Jim Collins or you know business wisdom it's holding on to those values and staying true to them it are is the bedrock and the tactics are going to change but the principles and the why and the purpose and the doing the right thing that doesn't change and it's interesting that that sounds like that's been a big part of your strategy for going through the ups and downs absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. personal so, and professional so another- values absolutely mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, so another question that I have, uh, I'm sorry, I have so many, I, I keep accidentally cutting you off. <laughs> no, um, it's, uh, your space has shifted. And uh, I I know it shifted from in the old days, Active Directory and like LAN, like local area network <laughs> and, you know, like your guys' name and storage to so many new technologies like cloud and cybersecurity. The threats never existed like they did, you know, 20 years ago. What is the number one thing you get called to help businesses with today? And if I wanted to give you a little airtime here on my show uh, with all the executives listening, how do you guys help? Sure. Um, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I think right now, well, let me, the first question is, you know, what, what is the, what is the number one thing that we, we assist with, I would say is, uh, you know, just overall network care and feeding and, and, and system care and feeding. Um, we are, you know, a little different than some of our peers and that we are flexible with how we engage. So we're looking for a, uh, a partnership as opposed to a client vendor situation. So, uh, and again, back to, you know, as I mentioned in the, in 2000, you're staying co- true to our core values and competencies has been important. Of course, as you say, you know, technology is changing at such a wild pace. We have to keep up with that and we have to be best of class. But as far as, you know, being able, being flexible, um, really coming up with something that is mutually beneficial for both our, our prospect and our organization. So, you know, we do everything from you know network monitoring, uh, all you can eat help desk, all you can eat remote support, uh, backup and disaster recovery. Obviously, you know all flavors of security. Uh, 
we have an approach where even though we are a large organization, we want you to have a dedicated team so you feel like that that group of, of individuals are part of your team. And I, I joke and say they want to be invited to your holiday party if you have a cool holiday party, but they really are an extension of, of our of, of our clients' organizations. So um, certainly of late, you know, security, 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 compliance, that those sorts of things, very, very important. Um, the ability to really have the bandwidth to uh, support our clients and our and the end users is also very important. Um, we we saw during COVID a lot of smaller shops not be able to really adapt to the fact that you know a, a 30 user law firm that was all under one roof in downtown San Diego now had 30 offices and those attorneys and paralegals and staff were using the same machine possibly that you know their son or daughter were taking homeschooling on and so now we're dealing with home printers and so to have you know we're fortunate in that we have the bandwidth we have the technical competencies as well as just you know number of engineers on staff that we can meet the demands of 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 the end users so um, but you know what do we get called in for sometimes it's emergency support sometimes it's proactive strategy and planning discovery and designing um, you know the whole the sort of um, the whole life cycle of, of IT support is what we pride ourselves on and it's always stood out to me, your customer focus and how you talk about it uh, is something that we aspire to at our business to be similar. Like you you taught me uh, the word white glove service. <laughs> and uh, and early on when I was starting my business, you, you were talking about um, the importance of really giving executive presence and don't ever get too big to talk to clients in your own head as a leader. <laughs> uh, I think you embody that really well. So another question I had for you is, there are so many books and podcasts like this one mm-hmm. and news sites, uh, it, and obviously we're all trying to learn and grow. Do you have any favorite sources for new business ideas or tech ideas? Well, you know, a lot of the a lot of the business, you know, uh, periodicals or books that we're reading are around how to run a business. Um, so I'm not spending as much time reading about how to, un, you know, new client development as much as I am how to, you know, traction, for example. I don't know if you're familiar with with um, the EOS system, Gino Wickman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, uh, he we're, I'm reading that book right now uh, for the second time. Um, you know, early in the day, of course, we did the the blue sheets and the Miller Hyman and those sorts of things. But of late, uh, you know, a lot of what I'm doing is spending time trying to understand how to make my team more efficient, uh, regular cadences, those sorts of things. So I'm trying to get. I, I am. Um, I'm focused more on that. Having said that, I am going to be picking up a. a Book, and I believe it's called No Form, No Spam. It's a, an account-based marketing book. Um, and so um, we're going to read that as a group and, and see what we can come up with from there. Um, there's, a, a, I guess, an initiative at our, at our combined organizations to use some automation to try to identify 
who a who a targeted prospect would be based on what a a good a good land solutions client looks like today and so it uses artificial intelligence and 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 uh, you know other technologies to to try to map out where we should focus our time. Obviously, time is probably the biggest deterrent of a of an uh, an account executive or a salesperson in our organization. So rather than doing your dials for smiles and rather than doing your email marketing and other other you know casting your large nets, if we can get more siloed information on who really fits the profile of a good land client, we feel like that that will that would increase, you know, obviously efficiencies. And it's so interesting. Uh, you mentioned traction because that one I've met so many entrepreneurs and I've read it a couple of times, like who've really benefited from that because I think you're right in this new digital post-COVID world. It's getting harder and harder to uh, keep track of all the details and keep track of the cadences. And uh, and the second thing you mentioned, I think marketing, uh, obviously my world, it is changing so fast. So whether it's books or conversations like this, I think to keep up with it, it is a technical challenge just like your world. So it's uh, definitely a great reference to that book. Um, so my final question for you, this, this is my favorite one to ask. <laughs> In the world of karate, uh, which is where I uh, I got this idea. So before doing college baseball, I did uh, karate in high school. So I got cut off at brown belt. I did not make it to black belt. Um, oh. But a lot of the perspective there was sort of uh, in that world. Once you get to fifth degree black belt, uh, you become a a master. And I think once you get to 10th degree black belt, you become a grandmaster and they kind of send you off to start your own form of karate is the idea. Um, And I love to think about that legacy of as you kind of get further up the rungs in life of experience and accomplishment, you start to think less and less about what's ahead of you and more and more about uh, your learning and what's behind you and like what's often called legacy. Um, So I'm so curious. And it's my favorite question to ask, what do you want your legacy to be? Like, what do you want to be said about you? That's, that's a good one. I know I'm putting you on the spot. So yeah. a disclaimer, Julie didn't know this one was coming. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And, and, you know, it's, I think that I would, I would want it to be something along the lines of, She did. She did the right thing for the greater good, you know, whenever possible. Something to that extent, because it's been, uh, yeah, I, I would have to say something along those lines. I've been, you know, it's been an interesting ride, especially as a, a you know, a, a founder of Land Solutions, and then now, you know, taking the chips off the table with Insight, and you know, really going back to grassroots of being, you know. A, 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 you know, director of, of sales. And so I just want to, I would like to be remembered as somebody that did the right thing for the, for the overall greater good of, of, you know, everyone in the organization. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not, if everyone did that, we'd have a much easier to live in world. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, we got to get this podcast distributed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that that's a tough one though you know i may wake up in the middle of the night and say nope nope this is what i want my legacy to be <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I think it's a great perspective. I know Winston Churchill is one of my favorite people in history, and he, he often said you make a living by what you get, you make a life by what you give. Um, and I think it's so true. What, what we're most proud of is usually not about what we ourselves accomplished or Absolutely. received. It's really about what, what we were able to see others receive because of us. So that is a great uh, answer to end on. So, Julie, if anyone wants to reach out to you, I know you guys primarily focus on the San Diego area, but I'm sure do some remote support as well. Is, is LinkedIn the best way to reach you? Yeah, definitely. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I probably should use it more. Uh, but yeah, LinkedIn or email um, or my cell phone is, is published as well. Um, I'm, I'm happy to talk to uh, anyone on any, any of those methods. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for coming on. Look forward to having you back. And uh, with the new merger and everything, just best of luck as you keep pushing forward. Thank you very much, Miles. It's always nice to speak with you. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of Business Black Belts. Should you want to see more content on both the show, marketing, and business in general, feel free to check out my LinkedIn. Thanks.